Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good afternoon, St. Louis DGS on Camelax. Hey, look at that. The sun's out. Nice. Six days, almost an entire week. Damn, that's crazy. Pretty rainy. Yeah, pretty, pretty rainy. Yeah, pretty gloomy. yeah. Uh, it's because Rach was gone. <laughs> I know that I, when I you bet said, it, I bet it's cloudy <laughs> in Japan right now. <laughs> when you said, "Look at that," I thought you were going to say, "She's back." <laughs> it's good to be back. <laughs> People in Tokyo are like, "When will we see the sun again?" <laughs> <laughs> Somebody call Rach. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are nice. Thanks. So, how was it? It was awesome. Um, got back on Saturday night, and I thought to myself, that's plenty of time to recover from jet lag. <laughs> but didn't you leave, like, next Tuesday yeah, or something? Yeah, something like that. People are figuring that out because of the Taylor Swift. Is she going to go to the Super Bowl yeah. after performing in Japan and blah, blah, blah. And I left... Tokyo on Saturday afternoon and got into St. Louis on Saturday night. That's how it works out. Something tells me Taylor uh, travels differently than we do. A little bit. <laughs> probably a little differently. Yeah. She they probably didn't open have to a get portal a... and she steps through. <laughs> right. She probably has a way better travel pillow than I do. Uh, oh, how did your travel pillow work? Uh, not well. Uh. So, so we there's a travel pillow called the turtle pillow, and it's basically just like a piece of plastic that's supposed to prop your head up. Uh, you you wear it like a turtleneck. Um, and it's like seventy, eighty dollars. Uh, we did not want to pay that much, so we got it off of Timu for seven dollars. And that I, one I may see your problem. Yeah, I think that might have been the issue. Like it didn't do a great job of supporting my head and neck, which is the whole point. So it's so. like an air dicky? No, no, no. It's a it's a piece of <laughs> you mean like air is in like you're in the air? Yeah. It's sort of like a dicky, I guess. Um, uh, because you wrap around it velcros. I don't know if you ever had one that velcroed. It's not a Velcro Look, I'm not that big a dork. He's <laughs> <laughs> had a tie on the back. But okay, just... shame. <laughs> Shamey's back. Shamey's back. Oh, you missed her new it. Yeah. 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 It's, it's yeah. less us calling her Shamey. <laughs> it's, yeah. yeah. She's asking for it. She just kind of shows up. It's more I heard, I, thought, I, I swear I heard your dad called you that. My dad? Yeah. Somebody told me your dad said that. No. <laughs> Was it her mom? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> might have been. Yeah, could have been. talking to my parents. <laughs> not, not my no, no, I was just talking to my best friend. And... <laughs> I'm picturing Wheeler no, like I'm calling his parents. I'm like, yeah. so what's up? <laughs> He's looking at me like I actually called people in her family. <laughs> no, you go. I was talking to your best friend, which would have been Mason. No, Jar. I said my best friend. Oh, that I... was a joke. Yeah, well, that's what I meant. Yeah. Hey, what? Amy, Wheeler. Looks, <laughs> Amy looks at me like, did you really? 
We've been texting behind your back for months, Amy. I come home tonight, like wheelers in the living room. <laughs> <No>! <laughs> That'd be a pretty good prank. Oh my god. <laughs> they'd, be, they'd be too polite to make you leave. <laughs> <laughs> Amy, your friend Wheeler will be staying a few days. Sleeping in your old room. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, I can't stand Charlie Brennan. <laughs> Just when I think I'm over that guy. Yeah, he uh, he sat in for Ranji today. And uh, let me go through the reasons. Well, one, he's been retired <laughs> for like two years, and he still has more uh, live endorsements than me. Um, <laughs> last night, I got Old Town Donuts and didn't eat them all. And I thought, you know what? You're a glorious son of a bitch. Why don't you just bring him in for your friends? <laughs> so I brought in three donuts wrapped in Scott towels in a schnooks bag. And then I get in here to the studio, and you can't swing a dead cat without hitting all the fresh Old Town donuts that Charlie brought in, two of which are so big. So I'm afraid it'll say something dirty. Poonchkies. I'm glad I asked you that. Yes. Um, so they're not donuts. No, they're like they look like giant jelly donuts, like very like round, and obviously there's a filling. But I think maybe there's a pie filling, like you know, a thicker, bigger filling than just a jelly donut. Well, of course there is. Yes, <laughs> it's like it looks. It's almost. I, I like believe the, the ones I brought are called Long Johns. So <laughs> Charlie's bringing in donuts you've never even heard of. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Your finest. Post-key. Dave is so basic. His donuts are so basic. You know, give me give me a few boxes of poonchkies as well. So, no, good to see Charlie. How was it being yeah. back on the air with him? It was fun. It good. was funny. Charlie can can blow up a text line with everybody yep. texting in. Like, oh, good to hear you guys back together. Yeah, it's so, better. It's better than Ranji, isn't it? Some of them hurt my feelings and probably Ranji's feelings too. Had he been here, <laughs> some of the texts hurt my feelings. But speaking anyway. of getting your feelings hurt, yeah. Uh, Wheels was just telling us that he used to play baseball with Brock Purdy, the quarterback's dad. Duh! Oh, man. That leaves a mark. Oh, it does, too. I'm like, yep, I'm old enough to have a kid quarterbacking a Super Bowl team. So, like, you played baseball, like, in Miami? Yeah, his dad was a senior when I was a freshman. Really? Yes. And he played, like, nine years in the minor leagues and things like that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a fun revelation. I can't believe I did. First of all, I can't believe I didn't know it. Like, how did I not know something like that? Because these things get reported all the time. They tell these great stories about these guys. But uh, I guess it shows you how much I care about Brock Purdy. Oh, I guess a little more now that I realized that I knew his dad in college. Maybe that's why he didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking. Not that I hate him anymore or anything like that. How old was I in 2008? But I don't know. Uh, Let's see. You were born in '64. You're 16 years younger than you are. 44 ish. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and uh, I was sitting in the family section of the Rams game with Bolger and his family, sitting next to a guy whose son was a defensive back. And, you know, Bolger at the time's like, I don't know, 30, and I felt like I was, I don't know, 31. And uh, <laughs> and the guy turns to me, we you know, kind of get to know each other, and he goes like, well, who, which one is your son? <laughs> and I didn't pick it up. I'm like, oh, my uh-huh. son's at home. He's like, <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, which Football player is my son. Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> I beat the crap out of that guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Japan, huh? Yep. <laughs> I'm back. Was it pretty much like this over there? 
Uh, you, it was not as cloudy. It was nice and sunny most days. But yeah, temperature-wise, about the same. Maybe like 40 degrees. So 16-hour flight there. Yes. How many times did you think about standing up and just screaming about the Antichrist? Uh, not at all, but I, uh, you always have that thought like an hour in, like, I hope nobody <laughs> on this plane is crazy because if we have to turn around, yeah. if you have to turn around any time, you know, before the halfway point, what a waste. Yeah. Pe- there's no one more selfish than those people. But you know mm-hmm. who I really don't like, and maybe this isn't fair, but the people who put things in the overhead compartment and then get things down yeah. from the overhead compartment during the flight, what are you doing? Just keep it in your personal item. You're making me nervous mm. getting into the overhead compartment. Wait, because you don't trust them? Like they're doing something nefarious or just because it's obnoxious to have them open it and perhaps something falls out? It's both. Because mm. because it's like, what do you what do you need that you weren't anticipating needing and, you know, having in your backpack or whatever? Yeah. And then why are you... You're doing like what the flight attendant should be doing right now. <laughs> you're like rum, <laughs> rustling above people's heads and I, I don't like it at all. Did you... And you don't have to answer. I'll give you my story. I So when I flew to Australia, I took Dallas to Sydney, and that flight was 17 hours. Usually they can make it in 16, but they had a headwind the whole way. They took It took 17 hours. I took three Valium. Mm. Uh, and so I don't remember a whole lot about that flight. I know I didn't read any books or watch any movies. I just... And I'm glad, too, because we have the head in, headwind. We had turbulence, and I was in row 87 uh, because it was a giant Airbus. And it was like, just like my head was bouncing from the turbulence. Mm. And so I took one volume, like, that's not enough. I took a second one. After I took the third one, I did finally fall asleep. But it's that idea of being stuck. I'm not afraid of crashing. I'm afraid of being stuck. Are you okay with that? Did you want to take anything or? I didn't take anything on this flight. I took a Xanax on my first long flight Mm -hmm. and I still didn't sleep. So I'm like, well, what I'm not going to do is take medication and then not sleep. That's that's like a recipe for disaster. I took more medication than you did and I was at home. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm right on the couch today. So uh, I won't go. I won't go through it again, but I almost crashed one time. Uh, leaving Alaska, so a terrible, terrible uh, flyer. And when Maureen and I used to go to Mexico and Jamaica and places like that, I was always two screwdrivers, two Xanax. Like, that's what it took for me to, like, you know, to make this happen. And (laughs) we were landing in Jamaica, and it was pretty bad thunderstorms, and the guy sitting in our row was clearly hitting on Maureen. Oh, no. So both things that should have upset me. But I was just like, brother, when I get down there, <laughs> oh, man, I'm gonna, you and me, we're going to have some Appleton run and we're going to chicken fight. <laughs> Whoever wants to take us. And he's just like, I, I <laughs> couldn't care less about anything. <laughs> it worked. Pretty good way to go through your life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, this I gotta drug say, thing's really making some sense here. I used to be a lot more scared to fly, but now, I mean, statistically, it just seems like unlikely that something's going to happen. Even though we've had all these horror stories recently about, yeah. like, doors flying off and, you know, in Japan at Haneda Airport, which is where we landed, the yeah. collision and stuff. Uh, but that was like a freak accident. I am way more scared of being in the car. Like, you should be. Yes. Not, because, to all, not to sound all horror all right, movies. Take, take you it easy. should be. Take it easy, Kev. Sorry. Well, like a couple weeks ago when <laughs> he's like. Wheeler Ridge. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I missed you all. Dang it. 
Uh, but no, I'm way more scared of being in the car. Being in the air is turning into not such a big deal. And my flights to Chicago, which were only like 50 minutes, I just did that those without anything. I just yeah. stared yeah. into the distance. It's like, so are you going to plan another one for later in the year? I don't know. Maybe, I mean, I'd like to, but it's also like expensive and I've taken a lot of vacation. Already. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to I'm just going to settle into real life for a while. On your, on your third when it customs, you're like, she's back. What <laughs> <laughs> the hell's going on with this? <laughs> 120 DGS on KMOX. We have uh, our buddy Colonel Jeff McCausland coming up at 2 p.m. Uh, there's just so much to talk about with uh, losing the three soldiers and what we're going to do and when we're going to do it. And I have some takes that uh, he'll probably disagree with, but, you know, my blood's up and, and he can kind of talk me off the ledge. Um Rach, you, you discovered an interesting Canadian town on your flight? Yeah, uh, it was in Saskatchewan, and it was a little north of there, and it said LaRange. And I initially read it in my tired stupor as L.A. Rangi. <laughs> and it got me thinking. Uh, <laughs> worst Rangi. Right, like what would L.A. Rangi be yeah. like? I'm picturing longer hair, leather jacket perhaps, uh, You'd be insufferable. <laughs> Very tan, tan LA Ranji. Definitely would not button the top two buttons of his shirt. <laughs> or would he? No, he wouldn't. I don't know. I'm just picturing him the exactly the same way. He's just at like whiskey a go go or something, and <laughs> just being him. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. LA Ranji. <laughs> yeah, I always picture. I was picturing him as as uh, the character Ellis from Die Hard. The bearded guy's gonna yeah. make a deal with everybody because I'm so cool. <laughs> this is interesting. A Swifty broke a world record by naming 34 songs in 60 seconds. You know, that's a world record. Uh, but the way they do it in this one is someone reads you a song lyric mm. and then you go, blah, blah. Um, I think I saw Jack White do this on TikTok, and I thought I could do it just as well as him. Nice brag, Dave. Uh, <laughs> but they would play him like one or two notes of a Beatles song, and he would name it. I have, let's do that. Probably not today because we're lazy. But um, <laughs> like a real show could do it. But you know, well, who wants what, to be a real show? What are you looking for? I can do it. Okay. Uh, somehow that we could just play like a note or two of a Beatles song, <laughs> and then see if I can get it. Mm. Name that tune. Kind yeah. of kind of like that. The whole TV show. What could you guys do that with? What what band? Hmm. That's a good question. Gosh. Van Halen for sure. I'll probably slip not to. I don't know if I have a band where I'm so familiar familiar with their entire discography mm -hmm. that I feel yeah. comfortable like making that bet. Honestly, it might be just the Beatles. Just because those are songs you've grown up with versus, oh, this is my favorite guy, but you started listening two years ago. Mm -hmm. The Beatles, just there's that familiarity, maybe. Are you talking about like the, the radio hits, though? Because there's a lot of deep cuts. I probably like they're not the deep cuts, but yeah, I think a pretty big part of their anthology is very recognizable. All right, this will be fun. I'm going to get Beatles for Dave. I'm going to get Van Halen for Kevin. We can go head to head. You should do Slipknot. For Kevin. Yeah. But that is a lot less pleasant. To yeah, I don't, think, yeah. I don't think the listener would be okay with that. So I will be getting Van Halen for <laughs> Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> a, uh, for a $50 donation, an animal shelter in New Jersey will name a feral cat after your ex and then neuter it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I kind of like that. Wow. 
I feel like that's a little disrespectful to the, to the cat. cat? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like there's yeah. something about like we're gonna go catch this Same. cat. Let's not make it personal. Yeah, give yeah. it a weird name and then. Yeah, you know. but that is something they're already doing. I mean, they're already like catching and neutering and releasing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's just it feels a little like it's oh just, okay. Now its name is Jeff. It's kind of right. like they always do this around <laughs> Valentine's Day. It'll be like for fifty dollars, the zoo will name a cockroach after your ex, and then we'll stomp on it. It's like oh, there's gotta be like a healthier way to work yeah. through these emotions. That's funny. <laughs> I uh, had a moment this morning going through, I think I was on TikTok, and it was a, a trailer for the new um, Minions movie. Oh, there's another one? There's yeah, another one. Despicable yeah, 3 or Despicable Me 4 or 5. Four or whatever. And here, here's kind of the way I went through it. I, I'm watching the trailer, and I'm like, oh, my God. This movie looks like it just sucks. It looks so stupid and infantile. And then I'm like, oh, wait a minute. This is for kids. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when I had little kids, I remember I wanted to write to Congress and say, like, please force uh, Pixar to make a movie every week. Because here's a dirty little secret. When you have kids, you are just looking for things to, to do, things to occupy their time so that they don't talk to you. And so <laughs> whenever there is a movie, it'd be like, rock on, movie, let's go. Uh, so I get it. Like, parents aren't going to see kids' movies for them. I've seen a couple of good ones, ones I really enjoyed, but for the most part, they're terrible. Uh, but then you forget so quickly. You know, Phoebe's only 18, so it was only like, you know, 12 years or so ago that I was taking her to things like that. But now I'm looking at that thinking, why are you even making this? Mm-hmm. And now I know. It's no longer useful for you. No longer useful for me. Or me. Did you want him to do it every week because you got stuck watching the same movie like 50,000 times? That definitely is a part of oh, it. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. I bet there are 10 movies I've seen 100 times, and I'm not exaggerating. My kids were like me. They were just, you know, when a Glover is born, you just smear OCD across their forehead <laughs> and uh, you bake it in. And, yeah, they would just be like, okay, this one, this one, this one, this one, this one, over and over and over and over again. But, fortunately, I have it too, and so it was very cozy to me. Don't challenge me with a new uh, yeah. Powerpuff Girl movie or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> I was at my parents' house. I'm just getting used to these. I was at my parents' house last night, and my dad's flipping channels, and Jumanji comes on, and within about half a second of seeing like a, just a car driving down the street, I was like, hey, it's Jumanji! So I had seen it so many times as a kid, I was like, That one kind of screwed me up. That bad. It yeah, because it was terrifying. Yeah. It didn't scare me as a kid. It scares me now. Yeah. Like, mm. now I'm like, that's way more frightening. The yeah. fact that Robin Williams was stuck in that game for all that time. Mm. And the Yikes. scary noise, like the chanting and stuff. Oof. Is that the one where John Favreau is the astronaut? Or am I thinking of a different movie? You're thinking of a different one. This is the his one his brother, the... and he comes back for him. No, this is the one with the board game. Yeah, and yeah. Robin Williams is a kid. Yeah, yeah. And he gets stuck in the board game. What am I thinking of then? I have no idea. I don't believe John Favreau is in Jumanji. All right, we'll figure it out. Quick break. Right back. DJs. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 133 DGS on KMOX. Uh, the sun's out, so uh, that's nice. I think it's supposed to be pretty nice this week. 60 degrees on Thursday. We should have a picnic. Ooh. Total picnic. Sounds nice. Almost everyone here is invited. <laughs> Wheels yeah. don't feel bad. What? I don't think you're invited to the picnic. Oh, that's fine. I'm miserable anyway. No, he's invited. He was on TV last night. Oh, yeah. That was exciting. I had fun. I was, was watching, famous. and then uh, my friend Frank Cusimano said, uh, hey, my friend Kevin Wheeler is coming up. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> I love Frank. You were, he was wearing like a pink shirt and a brown blazer. It was black, but you know, I only have one. Oh, you were wearing <laughs> a blazer? Were wearing blazer? Oh, it was a no. It was, well, I mean, it's my suit coat, but that's all I have. It looked like it was Sunday. School. I have one, and I wasn't even going to wear it. And the last second, I'm like, ah, I'm going to bring it just in case because I know Frank's going to look great, and I know Randy. When we do these things together, he wears the coat too, and I'm like. I don't want to be the only one that looks like a dope. And I'm like, I'll just look like half a dope. You should have worn sweatpants. <laughs> I, I was wearing jeans. <laughs> jeans with a regular old button-down shirt, not like a dress shirt, and a suit jacket. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, 15, 20 minutes, whatever. It's no big deal. So, uh, obviously, I was thinking about you last night with the Lions game. Mm. Uh, I know you know way more about this than I do, but he should have kicked field goals. <sighs> I know. <laughs> It's a little annoying in the in that there are a lot of people that are like, nope, those are the right decisions because analytics. I'm like, okay, but you have to understand that you know when we're when we're calculating probabilities and things along those lines, you're always considering a large sample size. That's what a regular season is, right? Regular seasons are a lot of call decisions, a lot of games. A, a win or go home playoff game is not that. You know, this is the thing that in sports is interesting to me. Like, regular seasons are about large sample size. How good can you be? How long can you be good? And if you play a certain smart way over the bulk of that season, it's going to work your direction. Well, but playoffs are are small sample size. It's one game. This one, you go home if you don't do it. And, you know, if you watched the smartest football coaches of all time, people like Andy Reid, people like Bill Belichick, they know the difference when to do it and when to just take points. And one pl- time to take points would be, and now the first half, it's interesting. This is why the, the Dan Campbell thing bugged me, even though I love that guy and he's done a great job. In the first half, they had a chance to go for it at the end of the half to go up three touchdowns, but instead they chose the field goal. It would have been like fourth and three, maybe three and a half for the touchdown, right? So there he takes the points. But then you get later with a 14-point lead. 
Later means that more points is always good when you can extend a lead from two scores to three scores. Then he passes on it, goes for it. Now, it was it was a good call. It would have worked if the receiver didn't drop the pass. You would have converted. I mean, they did it correctly. One guy failed to do his job. And that same receiver failed on the next fourth down as well. But in those situations, they needed to get the, the sure thing points. When you can go up three scores in the second half of a playoff game, the math works for you. Yeah. Because it's less time and more drives that your opponent needs. And then, of course, the later one, think about all the things that had gone wrong. Right? You gave up a field goal. Then you gave up a big play and a touchdown. Then a fumble and another touchdown. You blew a 17-point lead in eight minutes. All of those things had just happened. You had just lost the lead. You could have calmed all that down, taken three points, and now it's and you're settling things in. But when you fail there... You're now ramping up even more the emotion of the crowd, the emotion of the opponent, and you're kicking yourself in the nether regions yet again. How do all of you feel about the matchup for the Super Bowl? It'll be a great game. I'm excited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I'm stunned. I'm stunned. at. I mean, I, I know it shouldn't be, but I'm stunned at the stupidity of people, like people that are supposed to be smart. Like <laughs> What do you mean? Like Vivek Ramaswamy is like, see? This is all so that Taylor Swift is rigged because so she can she can endorse Joe Biden right before the election. Yeah, and I'm like, wait a minute. Oh do you, my do you, God. Do you know who owns NFL teams? Parenthetically, uh, I have a story here where multiple outlets uh, are saying that uh, Taylor Swift is Joe Biden's secret weapon, that they've already spoken to her, she's already on board, and that since he can't put a sentence together. <laughs> she will be his de facto campaigner. I, mean, <laughs> I kind of love this theory. Like, Well, yeah. also, if it's true, well, that's fair game. Well, yeah. sure, right. I mean, what, what what's the difference there? You don't there think than the if, conservatives are going to trot out every conservative country star in the world? Or, yeah, or anybody else, for that matter. I mean, if Clint Eastwood wanted to do it yep. when, when he did it, was he, for, was he supporting McCain? Sounds right. When he did the empty chair thing? Yes. I mean, there's nothing wrong with celebrities doing those things, but the idea... The idea that the National Football League, teams that are owned by 32 really conservative billionaires, Jerry Jones is not pushing for Joe Biden. Stan Kroenke is not pushing for Joe Biden. These guys are very conservative billionaires. They want Trump to win. Why would they be a part of some scheme to put Taylor Swift more out there when it doesn't matter? She could be out there on her own and the NFL connection means nothing. Yeah, the other thing I've seen is that the whole thing is rigged, and this is just so Taylor Swift can become more popular. But haven't they, (laughs) as if that's even possible, haven't they offered her the halftime show like every year for the past eight years or something, and she keeps saying no? I don't think she needed to get into a fake relationship with Travis Kelsey in order to do all of this. that they are doing this so that Taylor Swift can become more popular is like saying there's like, well, the Pope wants a fancier house. Well, this house yeah. is already pretty fancy. Well, it's the Vatican. But the like, truth is the opposite. The what? NFL is the one benefiting from oh this relationship. Oh, my gosh, 100%. Because Taylor Swift's fans are at least in some percentage coming and watching games because they like the fact that Taylor Swift's attached to the Kansas City Chiefs. It's not going the other way around. She's not gaining fans from this relationship. No, and not only that, like people, oh, well, I'm, I don't need to show her so much. Here's the thing. You're not going to stop watching football. I'm not going to stop watching football. No one is going to stop watching football, no matter how much you crab about the cutaways to Taylor Swift. The NFL has nothing to lose and everything to gain by 
saying we're going to show Taylor Swift as much as possible. We're going to talk about her as much as possible because no one's walking away from the NFL. But you are getting a lot of new eyeballs from a key demographic, which is the female demographic. The NFL wants more female fans. Andrew, you were wondering why people hate the Chiefs so much? Well, specifically, St. Louis people who like the Chiefs. I've seen so much of this. You're wondering why St. Louisans love the Chiefs. Not why St. Louisans love the Chiefs, why people hate St. Louisans who love the Chiefs. Oh, I got you. I got right? you. Like, yeah. I, uh, I like the Chiefs. My whole family Shut has up. converted over to Chiefs fans <laughs> because it's fun. It's um, fun to watch a team that's good. Yes, Amy? We had a texter, no, addressing this because we were, you know, talking about the Chiefs. We had a texter earlier who said, why would you ever cheer for a team whose owner voted to take the Rams away from St. Louis? Yeah, he he came along later on. He was one of the ones that tried to stop doing stop it from the in the beginning, and then went along with it once he realized there was no stopping it. But either way, that's a fair point. Kansas City has also always been a rival to St. Louis, just all sports, you know, Royals, Cardinals, you name it. Um, and yeah, I, I get it. But at some point, if you're a football fan, you're probably going to look for someone to to cheer for, right? Yeah. Well, the one that's closest to you is the Chiefs, and they happen to be amazing. They've been in the AF at least the the worst they've finished in the last six years is losing in the AFC championship game. That is the worst finish they've had. It's easy to jump on bandwagons mm-hmm. when that's a fun team to watch. So I, I brought Peter Jar to school today. So we were driving. I said, hey, Peter, can you believe it? The Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. Pretty cool. And he's like, yeah. And then I realized he's 10. And I said, do you ever remember Super Bowl without the Chiefs in it? He goes, no, not really. <laughs> I mean, and that that leads to some people not liking them. I mean, when teams are good for a long period of time, people get tired of it. Yeah. But, I mean, people here, have, there, there are people that will be like, I can never root for the NFL ever again, which is totally fine. St. Louis got screwed over by the NFL. If that's your view, that's fine. But people that did stick with the sport, you tend to want to find a rooting interest. Well, yeah. I mean, here are your choices in this area. You could choose Indianapolis. You could choose uh, the Tennessee Titans. You could choose the Bears. You could choose the Packers. Some people did that, even though it's further away, and I don't really get that. Or you could choose the one that's three hours down the road, yeah. and they happen to be amazing. Um, any chance whatsoever in our lifetime, St. Louis has an NFL franchise? I'd be floored. No. I mean... And is that out of sheepishness on their part? Like, let's not even say Voldemort's name because we really screwed these guys over. Or is it that they really don't believe in the city? Um, I don't think they care, uh, number one. Number two, one, I don't think they're going to expand anytime soon. Two, the teams that are going to move are probably not looking to the middle of the country in a market like this. They'd be looking, like, they're looking to Vegas and they're Mm -hmm. looking to big things like that. But I don't see a lot of movement coming in the future, or in the near future anyway. I don't see expansion coming. And let's be honest, on our end, Would you really want to go to bed with that again after you've been hosed two times? You lost the Cardinals. You lost the Rams. And then on top of that, I mean, we did just get, you know what, three quarters of a billion dollars from them in a lawsuit. Mm -hmm. That might be a little bit of a bitter pill for them to swallow if they're looking at new markets. Yeah. You guys care about having a football team? No, I mean I'm not a football fan, so no. Um. (laughs) (laughs) How did we? How did we do for the Rams? What do you mean? Like attendance and support. And oh, such. No, it was it was absolutely fantastic until it was very clear that they did not want to be here. Yeah, I mean they tanked the team. Mm. Yeah, they took a Super Bowl championship team and one that was back obviously the next year. They took a Super Bowl team and they tore it to shreds. Yeah, I mean they shredded the front office. They the the coaching staffs all t- t- took apart. They they I mean 
I don't know if I would go as far as to say intentionally lost games. Like they weren't throwing games. No, but I mean, they certainly did not care about who they were hiring and what they were doing with the team and all of that. That exact time, my friend was the quarterback of the Rams being uh, beaten to hell by opposing teams yeah. and, and Frank Cusimano. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah. like. And they're trying. Like those players were trying, but the organization wasn't fully trying. Right. They weren't like, and I don't mean that from the football people. I'm talking about from ownership's perspective. Yeah. They weren't putting a lot of time and effort into getting the best of the best. And by the you way, know, that's probably what Kroenke did to us. What we know now is probably really worthy of a really good big budget movie because. Oh, they should do a 30 for 30 on it. That was a straight up heist. Yes. That was a scam. Yes. I didn't believe it. I'm pretty Pollyannish. Yeah. And one of the main guys that ran the place was a really big fan of the show. And this was in my era where I still cared about people being a really big fan of the show. Um, and he he knew it the whole time. I didn't was know Was his this. name Kevin? Yep. Yeah, Kevin Demoff's a liar. And uh, they knew this going all the way back. Yeah, that guy sat there and flat out lied to my face mm-hmm. and the face of every other person that asked him questions for years. And we know this. Because both, and and by the way, Jeff Fisher lied to us all directly as well. Um, But we know this because after they moved to L.A., they started telling the story. Mm. And Demoff is telling the story about three years before the move, how they were out scouting the site in L.A., and then they found the one, and they were so excited. And for the next two years after that, Demoff did nothing but come on the air and lie to all of us. We're not looking to move. Those are rumors. Stan's a real estate guy. He doesn't. So, this is I, what he does. I'm, I'm not being cutesy here. That's what the money's for, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. It was the it was the it was the misleading nature of it that cost the city money in trying to put together new plans, yeah. buying up land, things like that. Yeah. Okay. One fifty two DGS on KMOX. Um, this is more of a public service announcement. And I don't have all the facts, but uh, Alzheimer's looms large in my sky because my dad died with it. His brother died with it. My two first cousins died with it in their 50s. So it's something, you know, you feel like there's a wolf, you know, following you through a dark wood. And two stories came out this week. One, that they are very close to a blood test that can identify uh, Alzheimer's very early, that that would be pretty amazing. And then the second thing, this one's really bothering me. Um, I know that media are always looking for clickbait, even regular media. They always try to make the headline as, uh, you know, uh, fascinating as possible. And on Drudge right now, uh, one of the main headlines is that you can transmit Alzheimer's from person to person. You can catch it. But they keep putting those words in quotes. And the best I can tell is that there is an indication that when people are kids and they're put on a certain growth hormone, that that can lead to early onset Alzheimer's. So I think what they're trying to say is it can be human caused. But all of the Headlines are saying transmitted and catch, and it really pisses me off because if I'm wrong and uh, I can catch Alzheimer's from Amy, well, for the love of God, we should all know that, right? What kind of mask do I need to keep from catching dementia from my friend uh, or from your spouse or in, in a hospital? But I think that they're just taking that story and trying to juice it up 
And I think that's really sick mm. if that's yeah. what it is. That's going to scare the hell out of people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, you would think. And especially in, when people don't read this story or they don't read it carefully and they only read a snippet or primarily just the headline, headlines, you could argue, are more important today than they've oh, ever been mm-hmm. and they're more misleading than they've ever been. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times people don't know this, but the reporter, the writer doesn't write the headlines. Right. That's like one of that was the few times that I wrote stories. Then, you know, the publisher has an editor or whoever yeah. writes the headlines. You're always afraid it's going to be something stupid or misleading. Um, when we went into the age where the longer you stay on something, the more money they get. Uh, was kind of, to me, the final nail for journalism because what I was always taught on the Roxette, on my uh, high school newspaper that I promise had more journalistic standards than any one of them do today, was that you give an accurate headline and then in the first paragraph you tell them everything they need to know. There's no teasers. There's no wait for the payoff at the end. Uh, the Shells beat the Oilers 38-14, to and Dave Glover scored all the touchdowns. Uh, and then <laughs> if you want to find out what, my yardage was, or you, then you read the rest of the article. I get so frustrated. I know you guys do the same thing. You see an intriguing headline, and then you read the article, and it doesn't tell you. Mm-hmm. No. It, and if it does, it's at the very bottom. Like, don't make me read all of your stupid words so that you get 47 seconds instead of 17. It just, I just think that kind of thing mm-hmm. is going to hell in a handbasket, but it's intentional. It's pure selfishness. It's pure self-serving. People used to go into things with some sort of altruistic reasons. I want to be a doctor because I want to help people. I want to be a politician because I want to make a difference. I want to be a journalist so I can uh, uh, tell the truth and do it in a cogent, impressive way. That's not true anymore, at least I think for journalists. I think it's all about I'm going to write the dumbest article I can that's going to confuse people and keep them on my stupid website and I'll get clicks you know what I'm saying? If I write them at all, because I might just have AI do it. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think the journalists themselves are all like that, although there's a mm-hmm. percentage that are like that. Um, I'm looking at a bunch but, of them right But there's, now. A, there's, a couple <laughs> things that, there's a couple things that play into it, right? Sure. When, when it was all print, the headline would be right there on the front page of the newspaper. That was to get you to buy the newspaper. But the actual story was literally right there in front of you. All you had to do is look down one inch, and it's right there starting the story. Now it's all about getting you to get that click. So the headline, I've had so many stories where the headline doesn't even relate to the story you're mm-hmm. clicking on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It'll be like, see this dramatic news on Patrick Mahomes and you're reading. It's like, hey, he had breakfast this morning. Like that, it's, the, it's all about the click now as opposed yeah. to getting you to pay that dollar to buy a physical thing that you could look at right there on the street corner. Whether it's selling your soul for a political party or candidate or selling your soul to make a little more money by not really being good at your job and just doing it clickbaity. What am I missing? These people are experiencing something so euphoric that I must have never imagined it because none of these things that I'm seeing are worth me selling my soul for. But boy, there sure are a lot of souls being sold. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 